the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Super Tuesday. Do we have a party or something? Super Tuesday. Happy Super Tuesday. We've all been waiting for uh, this day to get here because this will uh, start as the as the Bible talks about separating the wheat from the chaff. That's what Super Tuesday does. Forty <laughs> percent of the U.S. population will be eligible to vote today. Yeah. I think that is phenomenal. Well, let me just run it run down. Here are the states that'll be going to the poll today. Alabama, Arkansas, California, uh, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, uh, Utah, Vermont, and Virginia. Check this out. California, delegates that are available, 415. Texas, Texas, 228. North Carolina, 110. You add all that up, it's nine-something. Close to 1,000, yeah, I guess. Just between those two, three states Those alone. three states. Yep. And, you know, everybody's good. Ooh, look what happened yesterday. Buttigieg got out. He gave it to Biden. Klobuchar got out. Went to Biden. It's too late. Yes. It's too late. <laughs> we were talking about that's that. That's what open vote. That's what early voting does to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think that. And I, here's my take on all this: is that I feel like you know we come in here and joke about the Democrats every time I come in here. I yeah. thought finally they were making a good decision. In that they were at least giving Biden a fighting chance before Super Tuesday, but you're exactly right. <laughs> if they were going to do this, they should have been done two weeks ago, three what, weeks ago. What you know. you're really saying is that Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, or uh, one of the other kingmakers didn't make their calls in time. Uh, anyway, I think they yeah. made those calls over the weekend. I, I think they're. I think they. The Democrats, I think, are truly terrified that in Bernie is sort of the Democrat version of trump and and i say that meaning just sort of this this it's the the outliner it's, it's the outlier that's not really you know not the democrat he's not a democrat uh that they're going to lose control over their party uh and they see what happened with trump and the republican party I, I just think there's a lot of that going on with the democrats which is where you sort of saw a domino effect and that's why i i tend to think that it had you know one one candidate had to go first I mean, just to start that domino, and uh, and I think for uh, Mayor Pete t- 
to get out, and then you saw Klobuchar. And I do think it's going to give Biden a bump, not just that alone. I think the fact that he did as well as he did in South Carolina, coupled with what took place last night, will give him a bump today. How much? You know, I don't for know. What, is it too late? For whatever reason, what? I know that we have some African-American listeners. Would you please call and explain to me what is the African-American community's love affair with Biden? Obama. Well, I guess that's the that's only it. thing. Then. That's it. They, I mean, but I, I, you know, it's eight years. Familiarity, uh, maybe. And, yeah. And Obama has uh, gone on the record uh, numerous times about, you know, Joe Biden and, and how important he was to his administration. And I However, just think that but he will not who, give him the endorsement. Not endorsed he won't, Biden he won't endorse yet. Obama. I have nothing to lose yeah. and nothing to gain by doing it now. I'll wait till later in the cycle. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, that. What? I yeah. mean, do you really think Biden's the guy or not? Well, so I, I will say that the the endorsement from Obama, I think that is a, a sticky thing in a Democratic primary. You've got the former Democratic president saying, I'm going to come out and endorse my vice president over the entire field. That can alienate you pretty quick as a former president. I just don't think that was probably – it's not again, I don't think it's the fact that he doesn't back him. And I also think that there were some conversations behind the scenes with – the Buttigieg campaign, the Klobuchar campaign. I mean, so there's a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes. There's not necessarily a public endorsement. Right. But that's why there's that, that floor that Biden will never lose a certain amount of support with the African-American community because of Obama. Okay, so before we go any further, J.R. Davis is here from the Gilmore Group. Good to have you. He'll be back with us tonight starting at 8 o'clock. Yep, Possibly. Uh-oh, now you say you might not be able no, to make it. Well, now I've got we've got 11 candidates going in tonight, so we're, okay. we're trying to, to divide and conquer, if I can, some 8 to 10, right? So yeah. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best. Okay, but pizza gets here at 7. I'll try harder. <laughs> <laughs> Mark? Of course, Elizabeth is here. Thank you. Robert Steinbach will be here He's tonight as well. So I think we've got a good crew yep. ready to talk about the election. If you get here a little later, it's okay, because... Okay, the real votes don't start really pouring into about nine o'clock anyway, so we'll we'll be able to see what's what going what's going on by then. Uh, during the show today, let's see. Coming up in the first hour, Merritt is going to be with us at uh, six thirty-five. Mandy Merritt from the RNC, she's one of the communications people. She'll join us, and Bible guys at seven, and then at eight. 05, our very own Leslie Rutledge, our AG, Great. will come and talk about Super Tuesday uh, with us as well. And, but we've got a lot to talk about. You know, well, let me tell you that the big gold mine today is California with 415. And right now, if you can believe the polls, Bernie Sanders is going to kick everybody's patooties okay, out so, there. So is this, I mean, is it because Bloomberg did a town hall in Texas that all the candidates went to Texas? Why didn't they go to California? Well, I do think that I there's... Because they know that Sanders yeah. has got it wrapped up. They just don't have a chance yeah. at all I mean, I think it's Sanders, number one, distant Warren, number two. Yeah. Uh, and Biden's so she's going like to pick up some delegates. Uh, I, I also think that Texas is Biden's best shot at a big win probably um and i think that's i don't what think he's the, gonna win well, what, in texas he I might make close. it close yeah so we'll see what happens and again we're gonna test that you know whether or not he did get a bump from south carolina and uh the uh 
we know he's going to get a bump from South Carolina. Yeah. Is are the endorsements going to help? Because again, I, you look at Arkansas and the people that were in line. I voted yesterday uh, before the news came out, and so you can only imagine how many of the Democrats <laughs> in front of me that cast their vote for. Yeah, I Klobuchar, who was here over the weekend too. That's the other thing yeah. too. You had this, you know, Klobuchar was here over the weekend. Well, Warren was has been yeah. here, and uh, so, Biden's wife was here. It just proves yeah. the point. They're willing to throw all those voters away in order to coalesce to try to line up behind Biden in order to fight against Sanders. I it's, mean, that, they're willing to throw those votes away. It's going to be interesting. I mean, after after today, I mean, I think obviously Bernie's going to have a a pretty good lead, uh, but after yeah. today, we could see. You know, three real candidates going into the rest of the primary. And then next Tuesday, not a small primary field next Tuesday. Okay, so so Biden, I hear you talking about Biden. I hear you talking about Sanders. I hear you talking about Bloomberg. The last two or three days, there's one name I have not heard anywhere. Warren. She's she's just floundering dead in the water. She's hoping hoping for a brokered convention. That's and her that ain't only chance. Her I mean, she's, I mean, she's she'll not, be. Uh-uh. But she, the, she's done after today. She's done. Uh, I don't think she's going to make it to the next Tuesday. I, I think but that she. I think she will make it to next Tuesday because do. that's is it, no Massachusetts is today. today. Massachusetts is yeah, today. And Sanders leads her by five points yes. in her yeah. home state. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You lose your home state, it's over. Well, well, that's, that's why they say in, Klobuchar. And Klobuchar knew yeah. she was going to lose smart. Minnesota. So I'm saying, I think that there was a lot of. I think there's a lot of conversations, and there's been pressure throughout this campaign to to drop out, make room for Joe. Um, but yes, I think there's a lot of math that went into it as well. I mean, <clears throat> can you remember the last time that we had the winner of the Iowa caucus and second place finisher in New Hampshire drop out before Super Tuesday? No, nope. never. <laughs> so I mean, that's when you're talking about people. But there's the different kind of candidates in the Democratic Party where where Pete Buttigieg does well with you know some of your you know. Uh, more educated white people and when you get out of those states that reflect more of that and less of the country he di- he he just didn't have enough support or broader support with minority communities i think he's um, got a lot to offer but i think we're not ready yet for that candidate well i, I think, really on it you know across the board across the yeah. nation there are pockets like you say that it's okay with but then like you have other pockets south carolina for example uh-uh uh-uh yeah, I'm not it's ready so for the first different. husband. They're not ready for that first kiss on the stage. I'm sorry. sorry I'm, not, I'm not ready for the first husband. I mean, there's a lot of things with Buttigieg, so there's, you know. And so that, many don't even know this. Well, the, yeah. Well, many the, voters did not know. The f- fact that, yes, he's the first openly gay candidate for president, that's one thing. It's a wonderful thing. But he's also 38 years old, and I don't yeah. think anybody's ready he's to young. trust a 38-year-old He's mayor. got a long time to go. Yeah, and he had a lot of issues with the black that's community right. in South Bend. That's so, right. I mean, that's a lot of the things that uh, I think he fired his, his uh, uh, black police chief. I mean, he's, he's done a lot of things that have angered uh, uh, the African-American community. So, again, I just think there's a lot of things about Pete that kind of... R- r- People just like you said. There's there's a lot there. I think to offer at some point, but I think he's um, it, it, he, 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 there's the a board. lot. It's not just the fact that he's gay. You know what well, I mean? No, there's a lot no, of things. I there, think that people things, but, are uncomfortable with at this well, point. Well, and but. some of it may be his moderation at this point. I'm wondering. People seem to be gravitating to uh, you know wanting to be very rabid one direction or the other, and he really has been moderate. Um, so I kind of wonder if that has turned off some people. Yeah. I mean, you you guys understand that better than me, but I kind of wonder about that. I see people really wanting to go hard right, hard left. The middle is kind of vacant. So this is the first week 
with the South Carolina, well, last week, with South Carolina primary, just before that with the debate, and then the primary itself, and then this week uh, before, uh, or week, several days before we get to uh, Super Tuesday, that the the other candidates really went after Bernie and started talking about his math didn't add up and things of that nature. You think that that makes any difference to Bernie Sanders' followers? <laughs> no. Not at all. I'm telling you, it is, it's funny, and, and he would, you know, Bernie would shake his finger at you if you said something like this, but he's about as Trump uh, as you, exactly. Yeah, that was really good. Facebook, did you um, see that one? Uh, we've got the, the best of, of Dave doing Bernie uh, in studio, but it's, Just I do think that that he's about as close to Trump as you can get when you want well, I'm, I'm kind of like, like the, no, 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 where the, he's the character, the yes. character and the following his, his, uh, supporters are Our as rapper. passionate as Trump supporters. I mean, and, and it's just the same exact sort of thing that we saw in 2016. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's look, you, you, you everything that's happened over the last 24 hours, uh, or going back to, to Saturday, uh, you know, Bernie is still far and uh, beyond the front runner, safe front runner right now. We'll see what happens and if Biden gets any sort of um, uh, bump from from South Carolina and those endorsements. But we'll see. And I I do think it's hard for me. And I know we we're talking about this that you know those who supported Buttigieg, their number two pick was Bernie. It doesn't make any sense to me. I have seen that. I've read it. Uh, that's strange in that Buttigieg the whole time has said, hey, you know, we need a, a moderate approach. We don't need to alienate everyone. Don't vote for Bernie, essentially, but it is wasn't, what it was. it really wasn't that big. of a. It was like 22% would go to Sanders, 19% went to Biden, you know, and then the other candidates. So I don't know where the people who dropped out, like uh, Klobuchar, which, and they got, I think, like 8%. Where that eight percent will go to, so it's going to be interesting. And, it will be. And I'm going to be. It's going to be fun to watch what happens. All right, we got to get your traffic and weather for you. I know you want that. I'll tell you that it's 52 degrees. It's going to be about six degrees cooler than it was yesterday. Uh, we'll have the chance of some showers, about a 30 percent chance, kind of what we had yesterday, and never showed up. 68 for the high, and uh, right now we're looking at uh, 621 on a Tuesday, Super Tuesday, here on 101.1 FM, The Answer, home of the Rush Limbaugh Show. Okay, let's continue. Dave Ellswick Show, have you voted? Did you vote early, or are you going out today and vote? That That's the question now. And uh, for all you Trump supporters, uh, you need to get out there and vote today. Thankfully, the weather straightened up. Yeah. Oh, we- boy. We talked about this last Thursday. We yeah. talked they were talking like an inch and a half of rain today. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah, so much. Us up. No, that's that's uh, much, much better for today and turnout. So Much better. We need some turnout. Okay, so I'm going to – let me throw some local races at you. You guys tell me what you think. Skip versus Barbara Webb. Who wins? I just love that you called him Skip. Or the uh, – uh, yeah, it's Chip. Chip. <laughs> so it's, well, I think we should call him Skip the rest yeah, of the – Yeah, I think uh, we should. 
I, I think. Uh, I, I think, mean, Biden can get away with this stuff. Sure, surely yeah. I can. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will, look, we'll talk. I do want to talk about that at some point. I've never, I've never seen a man with more gaffes. I mean, truly, just. But for some reason, I think it's just that it was a whole uncle, good old Uncle Joe, and people are just like, oh my, you know. It when is you what it is. don't start quoting the Declaration of Independence, oh my gosh, that if got you me. can't finish. It. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was a strong start. It was. <laughs> he it's kind it out of a fast. bumpy ending there. Notice, he that, he, notice that he added in. He he kind of started off by paraphrasing it when he said, "Men and women uh-huh. are created equal." But but, but you know the thing. Yeah, I don't have to quote it. You know the thing. I'm surprised he didn't say transsexuals, <laughs> homosexuals, since they're so identity politics driven in the Democrats. Well, if he's just trying to say transsexual been like transmission or something like that <laughs> that would have been really yeah. good that would have been yeah. even better I would, that would have been really good okay, Uncle so- Joe. anyway going back to your question uh you know i think barbara uh, has a really really good shot at this uh, i think it all comes down to turnout yeah um, me too. right now uh you know democrats have a reason to go out to the polls uh they you know there's there's a competitive primary um they're going to go out and they're going to cast their ballots i will say this which is what's very and i said this from the very beginning that I think uh, she can take some of the shine off of the judge on the ballot, which is worth worth something for sure. People are going to go in there, they see judge, and sometimes they just sort of, uh, you know, check the box because they know yeah. there's some experience or something there. There's an anecdote, though, that a, uh, a, a woman, I don't know if she was in Little Rock, I think it was in Pulaski County, but she was a Bernie supporter. She also voted for Barbara, and the reason being is because she wanted all female uh, candidates, and uh, and so and that's why she voted for Bernie, right? Yeah, that's that's that was a little backwards, <laughs> right? Um, but wanted all female uh, candidates on uh, in those judicial races. So I think that there's a chance that she can uh, capitalize on some of that as well. So we'll see. But we need we need Republicans to turn out. It's still more Republicans than Democrats in early vote right now. But today's a big day. And we need it's that really turnout. close. It's really close over, you know, when you look at how many. I thought I had seen that the Democrats were about 150 votes ahead of us. I haven't seen this morning. So, I mean, maybe as of yesterday, as of yesterday, Republicans were still in the lead. But that's there was a lot of voting. Yesterday. Is that Arkansas or Pulaski County? No, that would be Arkansas. It would be Arkansas? statewide. Good. Yeah. Pulaski, I'm sorry, Faulkner County as of Saturday morning. The other way around. Oh, I know. Yeah, and, and Pulaski County is a strong GOP. Str- and, you know, I, and I know place. Pulaski County is is heavy dim, but it's it far uh, far beyond the any any Republican votes right now. So there's Republicans have to turn out today to make sure that we we get a conservative. Uh, yeah, on the Supreme if you're Court. a Republican and you don't think you really need to vote because there's not that much on our the, on the on the Republican ballot, you know. But those Democrats are wanting to vote in that presidential race. You got to get out there and pull that lever today. You got to do it. No, I don't. We need the I numbers. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, we need the numbers. I, you know, I know in go Faulkner vote for County, Trump. Kind of warm up for November. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> and I mean, look it, to your point. Uh, it is really important. The Supreme Court seat is yes. yeah is important. Really, really uh, important. These judicial in races a, today in yes. any state, but especially a state like Arkansas. So if you don't know, if you don't feel like you have a reason to go out there and vote and that you think Trump's got this in the bag, the Supreme Court race is yeah. incredibly important um, this year. So keep okay. that in mind. 
And if you there, have a voting, there are many vote. local races as well that state, you really need. The to. state senate race that's out there, and I'll just touch on this very quickly, and that is, if you're a true conservative, you need to vote up in Craighead. Because there's yes. a definite dis- difference between the two candidates, I'm just telling you, up there for state senate. Just keep that in mind. All right, a break, and then we've got more for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, 25 minutes till 7. It's Super Tuesday. It's 52 degrees here. It is not raining right now where we're at. Maybe there's a chance it might be, you know, showering a little bit where you're at, but it is a lot drier right now than what they were predicting Late last week when they were calling for like an inch and a half of rain today, uh, now it's just like point uh, zero one. All right, that's what they're what they're saying as far as uh, rain goes. We're looking uh, at a high of uh, or a low, low. Uh, not a high or a low. <laughs> Current temperature of fifty two. It's Super Tuesday, <laughs> and uh, we're looking for a, a high of sixty eight degrees. Not quite as warm as the uh, seventy four that we reached yesterday. And spring, by the way, next arrives next week. Uh, daylight savings time arrives this Sunday. So get ready to feel really tired next Monday because <laughs> you'll lose an hour's sleep. Uh, Mandy Merritt's going to join us. She's with the RNC. Uh, she is a, a, a deputy communications director, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, Mandy, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing. Did I get? Did I get your your? Uh, your your place Close. in the hierarchy. National press secretary. Okay, we're all great. working on the same team. So all right, it works. <laughs> great. Let's let's talk about uh, Super Tuesday. Uh, I am make, I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. Trump will win the Republican primary in all the states. <laughs> I think that's right. We're seeing every state that we've been in: Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, South Carolina. The enthusiasm is undoubtedly on the Republican side. We have a unified party behind President Trump, and we're ready to win again in November. And then you put put that in contrast with the Democrat side; they're clearly fractured. The establishment is concerned about a Bernie Sanders nomination. We saw that with Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, Beto O'Rourke all throwing their support behind Bernie Sanders yesterday, even before those votes were cast on Super Tuesday. It's clear that they're worried about a Sanders nomination. It's clear that they're trying to halt that momentum. They're as fractured as ever, and the Republican Party is as unified as ever. All right. So I got to ask you, we've talked about this right at the beginning of the show. Okay, so... um, Buttigieg throws his support behind Biden. Klobuchar throws her support. Uh, Harry Reid threw threw his support behind Biden. But early voting's been going on for a week and a half. It's it it's going to be dampened. All this uh, these people coming out, is it not? I think it is. It's unfortunate for those who've already cast their ballots and say early voting or absentee because maybe their preferred candidate is out of the race. And I think that, again, goes to show how fearful the Democrat establishment is of a Bernie Sanders nomination. So they're trying to halt this momentum in its tracks by taking out the other, quote unquote, moderates in this race. But we have to remember there is no policy difference, no policy daylight between these candidates whether it's Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Mike Bloomberg, all of these candidates support some form of big government takeover into our lives. They'll raise their taxes. They'll raise our taxes. They'll implement a 
radical climate control agenda. They'll implement a path towards government control of health care. So there is no policy difference. And I do think the American people can see that. And they know that President Trump's clear progress for this country is the only choice in November. Yeah. And, and the scary part about that is that the media calls them moderates. They're not moderates. You're exactly right. And it is part of that facade. But we see it open borders, late term abortions. But yesterday, President or I'm sorry, uh, Bernie, Joe Biden said that he would lead on the gun control issue from Beto O'Rourke, who wants to confiscate <laughs> all of our guns. So these are all different policies that the American people can see through and they're not going to resonate. I just love the fact that Harry Reid endorsed Biden well after uh, the Nevada <laughs> yeah, the primary. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how that's very effective. Uh, <laughs> no, I agree with you. I mean, I think that there's this this you know idea that, uh, quite frankly, with Democrats uh, as a whole at this point, I don't know that there is a candidate that can beat uh, Donald Trump in a general election. I, I don't think Biden's. Uh, we've seen it. I mean, there were three gaffes yesterday, uh, which should have been one of his best days, and and he still can't seem to put words together correctly. Can't remember what day Super Tuesday is. Uh, so I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, I agree with you that there's there's some fear with the Democrats, but I just don't know that any of it makes matters. sense or helps or matters. You're exactly right, because when you look at President Trump's record, we see massive success for this country, over 7 million new jobs, new manufacturing jobs, the foreign policy that we can be proud of, new wage growth. The list goes on and on, and the Democrats are all running on a complete reversal of these policies and this progress. They would halt this great American comeback in its tracks that we've seen under President Trump. All right, so we're sitting here. Last night I was sitting in front of my TV and I sat and watched Fox do their town hall with Bloomberg. Bloomberg just doesn't do well. He doesn't communicate well. He was challenged on his, his gun rights legislation that he'd like to do. And the guy asked him, you know, you tell me I got to give up my guns, but, uh, you know, you've got armed guards around you. And, and uh, Bloomberg answered like most uh, elites do. Well, I'm so important, people want to kill me, you know, that type of stuff. And But Bloomberg made one very important statement yesterday. He said, without a doubt, he's unequivocal about this, it's going to be a brokered convention. It's going to be a brokered convention. And he's what you, counting on it. Yeah. What do you think, Mandy? Is it go, Are we really yeah. going to see a brokered convention? We'll have to see. Today will definitely show a lot towards that, too. But I do think it's clear that this primary isn't ending anytime soon. We've seen Bernie Sanders with the enthusiasm in these early states, but we saw Biden take out a win in South Carolina. But this win does not equal momentum. It was his first primary win in over 30 years of running for, for president or offices. And it still does not show that there is a clear front runner in this party. We've got a a war within the Democrat Party between the Bernie Sanders momentum or the the Joe Biden establishment. So I do think we are going to have a long and drawn out contest for this nomination. But then again, you just compare it to what's going on on the Republican side. The enthusiasm is on our side. We've got people turning out that for all of these rallies. New people are coming into the, our movement. Every time the Democrats go further and further left, we just see an uptick in support for our 
President Trump and Republicans. We just announced our February fundraising haul, and between the RNC and the Trump campaign, we brought in $86 million. It shows just how much people are fired up and ready to reelect President Trump in November. Yeah, let me just say cha-ching. All right, that's that's the important sound, right? Cha-ching. Take that, Bernie. By the way, I'm I'm loving our president in his sense of humor. Did you see the cut from CPAC when he was talking about, uh, you know, Bloomberg, Mike Bloomberg, Mini Mike? And oh, yeah. As you saw, he started sinking down behind the podium to look sh- short. That was hilarious. Oh, my gosh. That was so, so Donald Trump. That was very, very that is good. vintage Donald It was Trump. great. And the, and the audience went absolutely <laughs> Uh, ape guano president trump knows how to speak to he his does. people and he is the best <laughs> communicator at that Absolutely. it was very very good I, I i loved it all right so what's here here's my take on watching all of this where are all the other democrat uh challengers not campaigning to yesterday or today where are they not? where are they not where are they not at? They were in Texas, right? Yeah, not in California. They're California. not in California. They know that Sanders has got California wrapped up. That's where all the de- 400 plus delegates, almost, you know, four, what, 451? 415 and today. The, 415. Okay, you got, what, 228 in Texas. So, you know, you're settling for the half half of the stake, and you're not even going to get half of the state, uh, the stake in Texas because. Bernie's doing well there, too. That's, I you're, think it's going right. to be bad. It, it looks like, <laughs> you're right, it looks like Bernie is going to have a resounding win in California and Texas, which is a large part of the, the delegates. We're seeing Biden, I think, is banking on taking a, a win in the South. But again, we have to think of the big picture here that no matter who emerges from this battered and bruised primary, President Trump has been the clear winner his record of progress speaks for itself, and not one of these liberal candidates will be able to hold a candle next to President Trump's record. I agree with you. I wholeheartedly agree with you, and I believe that our president uh, basically aligns with the majority of the electorate in this country, and it is not aligning with the, the, the ideology on, on the left, and that is the Democratic Party. I just think we may be seeing... Uh, such a fractured democratic party that it may not be effective for many many years to come i think carville understands that as well what do you think jr i agree i mean i'm laughing to myself because i think of the democratic uh, primary sort of like the knight and monty python and the holy grail where you know like you you knock one arm off and he keeps fighting knock the other arm off and he's still going to beat you and then he's like i can still yes shoe on you yes exactly and that's kind of feels what what the democrats are going to look like after this primary run whoever gets out of this to fight trump uh you know it's 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 gonna it's an uphill battle regardless i mean i just don't think there's you know any of the key states are going to get behind a sanders uh presidency uh, I don't see that happening. I don't think Biden's strong enough to take on Trump in, in the general. I mean, and quite frankly, we've seen what you get on uh, on Bloomberg when the lights oh, come on. And so I just don't. <laughs> empty I, suit, buddy. Empty suit. I, I just don't think for all of the trouble the Democrats are going to right now, uh, I don't think it makes much of a, a difference. So last question for Mandy, and then we'll let her get out of here because I know she's got a lot of interviews. She's going to do back to back to back to backs. Just remember, don't call the host by any other name than their name. Don't, 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 don't be like Joe Biden. All right. He called. Duh, he called. Who did he call? He called Chris Wallace. Uh, he just. 
Uh, Todd. Todd. You yes. call him Todd. <laughs> Because that's, that's close. But, yeah. Because that's, that's close. Okay. That's really close to Chris. But yeah. He had so many appearances. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. It's really. So I'm uh, hoping, you know, look, I'm firmly, everybody knows I'm a Trump supporter. I've got a Trump cutout in my, my, in my studio. I've got the flags up in my studio. I am a, a Trumper of all Trumpers, probably. But here's the key I want to see Bernie win just because I think he gives us a little bit better chance down ballot. And I want to win the House back. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Mandy? So no matter who the nominee is, we're not taking anything for granted. We are on in states like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, all of these states that are critically important, not just to the presidential election, but also to taking back the House. That's right. And our ground game and infrastructure is stronger than ever. We just had a national day of action where in a single day, our teams made over 500,000 voter contacts, bringing the total for this cycle to over four and a half million. So while Democrats are still duking it out, we are on the ground talking to voters, making sure that they know President Trump's record of success, but also that he needs a strong house with him to support these great policies that he's enacting. Did you have something, Elizabeth? Yeah, Miss Mandy. What uh, effect is the coronavirus kerfuffle? And I don't mean to make light of the seriousness of it, but we all know the media and the Democrats are really ramping it up beyond its actual. They are taking every chance they can to politicize this virus while President Trump is leading. He's bringing his administration together. He's bringing in experts. He's showing that we have clear, decisive action to and a plan to take on this virus. So the Democrats continue to politicize it because they know that just like Mueller and Russia and their impeachment sham, they have nothing else to do but try to bring down this president. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi reminds me of Marsha. Russia, Russia, Russia. (laughs) And I'm just saying. All right, Mandy, we're going to let you go. Thanks so much for being with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And we appreciate your insight. Thank you so much. Until next time. All right. Bye-bye now. All right. Mandy Merritt from the RNC. Good to talk to her today here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. And I was talking to Elizabeth. Elizabeth said during the, the break before we started back, and you're having some really good guests on. And what did, what did I tell her, JR? What is king? Content. Content. Is Content king. is king. You can Maybe I'm not it. up this morning yet. You're not yeah. up. It's terrible. Yeah. I was sitting there thinking, you, I was like, what did you, what, just, when did you do that? When would you have that conversation? That, not yeah. used to the early morning yet. Oh, my gosh. You can only get this Jimmy, morning. Go ahead. I want you to, to say the first two paragraphs of the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. No, that's all right. Yeah. Uh, no, let's you know ask the Joe, thing. Let's you ask know the Joe thing. Biden. Okay. You know the thing. You know the thing. The thing. The thing with the guy. If you don't know what we're talking about, go to YouTube and just write in, just write Joe Biden. Uh, Declaration of Independence. It'll pop up. You yeah. got to watch it. It's really disturbing as far yeah, as just dis- you'll see a lot of other videos uh, with Joe Biden. Just disregard those and look yeah. for the Declaration. Yeah, just look one. for yeah. the Declaration one because that you know that you can't even you can't even quote the founding document is not good. All right, ten minutes till seven. It's fifty three degrees now here in Little Rock. Out in Cabot's fifty two in Conway fifty two. Pine Bluff is 58. Man, it's a hot spot down there. 52 degrees here in Little Rock and 54 in Hot Springs. On the home of the Rush Limbaugh Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back. We got seven minutes till seven. Bible Guys, seven o'clock, just so you know. JR is here until seven. He's with the Gilmore Group. 
And then, of course, Elizabeth is here. Elizabeth is a blogger, and uh, she also works closely with me on my social media. What What's your blog that you do, uh, Elizabeth? Faulkner County Reports dot com we're watchdogging the faulkner county quorum court yeah if you want to know if you're in faulkner county want to know what's going on over there check that out boom that's where you, you'll get your information all the details that you don't find in the non-existent local newspaper yeah the log cabin right that's right okay just want to make sure that's the name of it yeah. why they name it that that's after lincoln oh that paper's been around for a really long time okay but it's after lincoln does that mean they were republican at one time i don't think so. because they're not republican by (laughs) any stretch of the imagination i'm just saying i'm just questioning i mean conway's been a college town for how long yeah a long time all right i i give i gave this question to our panel ask him to think about it ken yang and i were talking about it yesterday not on the air off the air and that is this We've had a lot of people move from Pulaski County to Saline County. Saline County, uh, probably other than maybe Washington County, probably one of the reddest counties in the state of Arkansas in the past. Is it still that, or is it just really, really, really hot purple? You know what I'm saying? Is it has it came down a little bit from that hard? You know, red. Do you think, Jr. I, uh, I, I don't. I'd like to look at the numbers. I'd like to see what kind of turnout we had in the primary in 2016, which is going to be a little bit different than this year, obviously. But just to kind of see, um, Democrat versus Republican uh, in in that county, because I still think it's extremely reliably red, and I don't necessarily see the same type of movement that we're seeing in places like Northwest Arkansas. So with Washington County and Benton County, um, and I think right now there's the early vote in Washington County. It's uh, quite a bit more Democrats than Republicans, and so they've really worked on that early vote up there in Washington County. I'd say that's probably more blue than people think at this point in Washington County, but the point I'm trying to make is Benton County, Washington County, you have a lot of transplants with Walmart, Tyson, Mm -hmm. J.B. Hunt, you have a lot of kids from the University of Arkansas, from Texas, and wherever that stay put after the fact. So you have a lot of these transplants that do change the makeup of that electorate up there. In Saline County, I do think you probably have some folks moving in and out of Pulaski County uh, for the schools or what have you that may have a left bent to them more so than you know your normal population of Saline County. Uh, but I still think that Celine is is more well, the, it's reliable, reliably yeah, red. I, I'll, I'll take it. I think I think besides Northeast Arkansas at this point, Celine's probably your most Republican uh, area of the state. I think you know Northeast has just turned overnight, seemingly in about you know four to five years, has gone from you know those yellow dog conservative Democrats to hard hard. Uh, ours up there but besides that area i would say Celine is still i consider to be a very very republican uh area county. yeah okay what's your take on elizabeth i have to agree from i don't look at Celine county often i hear some things i see some things but i'm not watching that closely but i haven't seen a big influence of blue haven't well i look at for instance i don't know what the district number is i don't try to even remember district numbers but 
down in Saline County, you've got a district where you got uh, you got Furman mm-hmm. running against McClure. Mm-hmm. McClure has some decidedly Democratic ties, whether she likes yeah. to to admit it or not, and. Uh, the people who are adamantly supporting her are friends of hers, and that's a foolish thing. To, I'm sorry. I know you're, gonna, you're not going to like what I'm going to say right now. Foolish thing to vote for somebody just because they're you know your them. friend. That's not how you vote. You vote on you know how they're going to. You think they're going to to govern. You can't know that for exactly. This is a woman who took part in an attack ad yeah. on Asa Hutchison. Uh, and look, I'm. Everybody knows I'm about eighty percent in for Asa. <laughs> right? I'm not a hundred percent. I'm about eighty percent. But that's good enough under Reagan. Yeah. All right. So the bottom line is, is that uh, uh, you just don't you don't attack your own unless you don't believe in your own at all. Yeah. I, I think that race. There's two things going on. One is, and I know ken's working on the the Furman yeah uh, you got race. about 30 seconds yeah and i'll make it quick basically you have an issue where nobody wants to believe she's a democrat now yeah. so they think she's a republican and believe she's a republican and Furman just doesn't have the money to get that message out although i it's talked district to ken 28 yeah. if you're in district 28 Furman is your candidate yeah i talked to <laughs> i talked to ken yesterday and he got a little uh influx of money there in the last few weeks and was able to do a couple mailers so well, that'll be helpful that may push him over the top i sure hope that that's the case but let's take a break jr thanks hope to see you tonight let me know it's gonna be a long day it will be a long night i think it'll lots be all of, done lots by of red bull no later than 11 <laughs> o'clock we'll be able to call everything elizabeth will be back at eight o'clock seven o'clock coming up and that means the bible guys next on the dave ellswick show Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, I was out of the studio just for a few moments to go get another full cup of coffee. Steve Hess is here today. Morning. Pastor Steve Hess from over at Agape, uh, the main pastor at Agape. Scott is not here today. I mainly work with the Institute. I'm not one of the pastors. He's doing his gig. And Billy is not here today. And, uh, you know, when you have prayer time, say a prayer for Billy He's uh, seen doctor today. He's not been feeling well. They're going to be uh, talking to him about that. And so uh, he's not here either. So Steve is with us today. Morning. And he does a great job. Be fun. So I'll start off by asking you the first question. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Dear Bible guys, I wanted to ask a question along the lines of the spiritual world. Pastor Scott said on Sunday, so this is a person in the Moscow Church at, at uh, Agape, that there were angels all around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amy Grant did a great song about angels. I think that's true, but what do you think about personal angels? I guess that's what we would call 
guardian angels. Do we have them? Are there still angels over cities like the Prince of Persia, or are things different now that we have Jesus? So with that, we'll stop there because there's more to the question, but it doesn't deal with angels. Okay. Um, the Let's see. Nothing's different uh, with Jesus. So we have this mentality because we've been preconditioned of to go from old to new, meaning done away with, replaced, uh, different in the past di- than now. So I don't believe anything's different as far as the, the angelic world goes. Okay. Uh, because if you go through, especially if you get in the book of Revelation, there's angels all over the place in that thing. Um, but if you go back and look and see all the places that um, angels showed up in the Old Testament, God used them all the time. Um, there was a couple that showed up to Abraham. One of them was actually God manifest since uh, Abraham bowed down before him. Uh, and they were sent to give messages and so on and so forth. So um, then when you move to the New Testament, you actually see the same thing. Uh, you'll see that one appeared to Philip, um, to Peter in the prison, um, and then um, who was the other one? Cornelius. And they they seemed to interact, um, but they didn't do anything as far as, um, well, I, I should say they just received whatever it is they had to say. Um, oh, Mary. I mean, correct. after the birth of Jesus, angels were all over the place. Correct. And as far as a guardian, um, when when they thought Peter had died and there was a knock at the door and one person declared when, she, when I think it was a woman said that, and she saw him, she said, it's his angel. So um, that would imply that he, Peter, had a personal angel, which I think we probably do as well but not so much from the idea of maybe commanding um, or guardianship, because um, I'm not sure that, you know, when we look at this idea of them guarding us um, from every single event, it could be, but they're not doing anything unless commanded by the Lord. Um, so I don't know that there's any personal interaction that, in the sense that, like, you could either pray to them, or which is definitely a no, or just communicate to them and, and make your... Um, request known or anything like that. I don't, there, I don't, there's no evidence that I remember of anything in, in that in the scriptures, but we do see them. And there's people who report today. Matter of fact, Scott gave an example this past weekend the, that he had seen angels one time in his life and gave that story. So people still do oh, it. Really? Have you ever seen yeah, an angel? I have not. I have not either. I would like to see an angel. I'd probably quake in my shoes <laughs> right. if I saw an angel, but still that would be uh, the kind of experience I like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if, um, uh, remember one of my teachers, Dr. Mosley, taught that the angels are probably, um, if they are commanded by God to intervene in the spirit realm, to do something that would be part of their task. But he actually looked at them more as like a court reporter, that they follow us around um, and they are documenting everything that we do. And they are going to be the ones that stand alongside of us on judgment day and they will be the recorders of, of our lives. So we yeah. won't be able to deny whether good or bad, anything that we've done because they've been the guys that have been writing it down. All right. So you'll, you'll, you know, we have to answer for all of that, but understand that the ultimate answer is the blood of Christ. Correct. Correct. Now, as far as over the region, I, if there was, um, as, uh, uh, I think it was Gabriel. Um, I can't remember if it was Gabriel, or Michael that had to meet with Daniel and he said he was held up, uh, by the, um, the angel or the one that was the prince over Persia. So I would imagine that if there was um, regional uh, angels um, 
And yeah, is there like, like is there an angel over Iran? Right, that's keeping things all screwed up over there. Yeah, I, actually, I would say it's the angels that are trying to prevent the demonic realm. Because when you see the spirits that are released later in the Book of Revelation, they they seem to be specific to a region, and they were mentioned to that region. I think for specific. So, I believe that there are strongholds uh, from the demonic realm, and then I believe that. Um, Either angels keep some of that at bay so it doesn't spread through the world, uh, throughout the entire world, uh, but I do believe that they are there are regional for them, just like there is in the demonic world where they have strongholds. Because if they did it in Daniel, then it would be for us as well. All right. So, you think we covered the whole angel thing well enough? Um, yeah. As far as I'm, I have not done an in-depth study on every angelic beings. Right. I have not. Nope. We'll try to. Maybe next week when Scott's back. Yeah. Since he, he, may did, have done since more he did a sermon on it, he yeah. probably did a little more, more study. We can ask him about it as well. I will say, though, when you do see the term angel in the New Testament, it doesn't always mean an angelic, angelic being. So when you see that the letters that were written to the seven churches in Asia and to the angel, that those letters weren't written to the angel. They were probably written to the pastor of that church. It wouldn't make sense to write the letter to the angel and then tell the angel all the things that are wrong with that church. The angel already knew. So that word was interchangeable with the leader or pastor of that region. Okay. Now, the rest of that uh, that question had to do with unclean spirits. And it says, also, we speak to unclean spirits by rebuking them, etc. But should we speak to our angels as well in more pleasant, pleasant ways? If we're going to judge angels, shouldn't we have some interaction with them, I don't think we'll understand fully what that text means uh, as far as um, judging angels. I don't know that there's any other reference outside of what um, Yeshua said to him. He said, "Do you not know we'll be judging angels?" Outside of that, um, I don't have any other insight on what that could mean uh, as far as interacting with them. Um, I don't see anything in the New Testament outside of us hearing from them, but not that we uh, commanded. Even the one that went to Cornelius, and it appears to be the angel of the Lord. Because he said, what is it, Lord? So there was a question back, but not so much of, well, hey, could you tell me why this is that? And could you go up and tell God X, Y, and Z? And there's not that much of an interaction that I see outside of them showing up, manifesting, and then telling them something, them either receiving it um, or not that, outside of that. As far as, um, so I don't see us commanding them like we would um, that are trying to command uh, unclean spirits or rebuking spirits to come out of people and those kind of things. All right. I've heard of people saying, you know, they're calling their angel to go do an X, Y, and Z, but I don't know of any biblical reference to that. Okay. So if there's not a biblical reference, then yeah, it's not like the angels are there for our beck and call. Right. And it's, and I'm very cautious to say what I'm about to say is I usually don't buy into much doctrine that you cannot find, um, a direct scriptural reference. I do believe that there can be some revelation about some things, and maybe, um, but I usually don't buy any external teaching that does not have an absolute direct biblical reference. And so if I don't see that they commanded their angel to go and do, to go and fight, to go and transmit a message to another angel, to another pastor across town or anything like that, whatever it is that I hear some of these guys that talk about today, I just have a hard time accepting it. I, I try to be open that the Spirit of God can do certain things, but you have to be very careful with, once you get outside of what we already have as established doctrine. 
Yeah, well, just because, I mean, God can do anything, but that doesn't mean God's going to do anything. Right. And that's hard concept for people to get a hold of sometimes. Right. I mean, we look in our own lives. If, when you, if you had a terminal disease, God can immediately heal you. Yep. But maybe that's not the plan. Correct. And this is a, a somewhat of an example that we have to be careful. So we have evolutionists and scientists telling us that the Bible is wrong about times and dates and creations and how things came about. And now we have uh, biologists telling us that God was wrong about man and women and homosexuality and those kind of things because mm-hmm. those things were uh, birthed or things that were changed or we got a different revelation now because surely when God gave the commandment, he didn't know about DNA. He didn't know that people could be born. No, he only so, created it. Correct, right. So that's, <laughs> what, that's why I say is you have to be cautious if you if you take any step going down the path saying, well, God showed me this about X, Y, and Z, whether it be angels or whatever, but if you don't can't back it up with a scripture text, then then you begin to open the door for people to bring other quote unquote revelations that they that they go well we've moved past that God showed me something different and that's readily called Gnosticism. All right, yeah, it's just it's a very cautious. I'm very cautious about that kind of stuff. All right, we're going to get a break in. It is time for that. It's 18 minutes after seven here at 101.1 FM. The answer. You're looking at uh, 52 degrees right now, 50 now in Cabot in Conway, 51 degrees in Hot Springs, 55 in Pine Bluff, and we've got more for you when we come back here at the Dave Ellswick Show. Okay, so if you have a question, you can call in, 823-0965, 823-0965. And if you are, of course, uh wanting to email you can do that by sending it to bible guys at salem s-a-l-e-m-l-r dot com and uh steve will do the best job that he can which is usually really good uh to uh, give you an answer or at least point you in the correct direction so that you can do some study on your own and uh, figure out the answer all right so we had the uh, elections over in Israel. I know it seems like they've been constantly right. in election mode. Uh, now it should be over. Netanyahu won yesterday uh, overwhelmingly. I heard that he had 60 seats in the Knesset, that he needs one more to have a majority, and they figure he'll be able to pair at least one seat over to him uh, to get him the majority that he needs. So this question was, by the time you guys are on the air, the election in Israel will be over, and hopefully a winner declared this time. Well, it's Netanyahu. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has made history. He is the longest-running yeah. prime minister over there. I'm wondering what the Bible guys think of the outcome and what would be the benefit of the new leader. And then I'll get more to this, but what's the benefit of the new leader? It's the same leader. It's right. not even a new leader. Well, the benefit with Mr. Netanyahu is that is the fact that he's been so strong and he's not willing to give um, any of the land up. I should say as minimal as possible. It's um, not his to give up. Right. But there are, um, but obviously, you know, the prime minister is going to have a big effect on all that. But um, I think it's still good just simply because in the past he's been very strong in, in against fighting terrorism and, and standing for the land and the settlements. 
and has made it absolutely clear that they're not going to give up Judea and Samaria. And a lot of people don't understand, to give you a brief history, there's no such thing as a Palestinian people. They weren't created until 1967 after Jordan lost the war, and they lost the quote-unquote West Bank of the Jordan, and then they created the PLO to create these people, and they put all of these um, Jordanians and Arabs in these camps. Uh, and what you know and when you begin to declare uh, Palestinian land or the West Bank territory, you're actually declaring that over the biblical heartland of Judea and Samaria. The vast majority of the Old Testament happened in that region, and they understand that. They're not ignorant of their own history, so they're not going to just give it up willy-nilly, turn over Joseph's tombs, um, the tomb of the patriarchs that are in uh, some of those places. They're not going to give them up. It's just not going to happen. They have fought too long. They've been praying for 2,000 years. So I think it's good for as strong as, um, as Mr. Netanyahu has been to continue to be. I have been praying personally that the whoever the leader would be that would be the leader that would lead the people to the place of blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the one that is going to be open because there's a lot of moving in the Messianic community in Israel. And the um, the rabbis and the Knesset have had to come to grips with what are they going to do with this rising community. And so he's open to that. And he's not um, hard against them. Uh, so he's open to hearing, uh, allowing the Messianic community to continue to thrive. Yeah, that's always good. Yeah. So, that's always good. And there's some that, like, you know, want them thrown out of the land and all that kind of stuff. So if you uh, – but that, that's more of the hard right guys. Um, but anyway, as far as um, if it had been uh, – I don't know as much about Gantz because he was the main other opponent, uh, whether or not he would have been willing to give up more land than uh, Mr. Netanyahu was or not. All right, so it says, I also hear people say that as goes Israel, so goes America. Do you believe that? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. And and what do they mean by it? the way I would say for our support of Israel? Because um, you can draw some comparisons to the nations that used to support and or persecuted the Jewish people when they were in their lands. Um the the British people did some things as far as the British mandate and the white papers and things that they did to pave a way, but then they ultimately turned their back on Israel. And then, um, uh, so when they pulled down the flag and walked out in 1947, it was also the same year that the pound, the sterling, went from being the currency of the world, and then now the sun does set on the British Empire. So, oh, yeah. is there a direct correlation to them not supporting Israel anymore as much as they did back in the in the early 20s and that? I don't know, but. That kind of stuff does seem to happen simply because the Bible says uh, that those who bless Israel will be blessed and those who curse them will be cursed. Uh, so I do think there is a direct connection. And to be honest, I was actually concerned about the Trump plan because it is dividing Israel. It is dividing the land. Uh, and and so he has done all these great things for Israel, stood with them and put the embassy and all that other stuff. However, he's still proposing dividing the land. So I, I don't think that's something that we can do. And I would say um, as far as the way America goes by that, it, it, if they talk about the fall, um, I'm just not sure exactly what they mean by the if the way Israel goes, America goes. Well, they, they kind of gave us a little bit of an inkling with this last sentence. If we do believe that as Israel goes, so does America, how might such tug of war in Israel be manifest in the U.S.? Well, you're seeing the tug of war in the United right. States right now. Right. I would say that you could probably say there's a strong spiritual connection because of how much support that we have given them over the last 70 years, 80 years. Um, and 
it, it is interesting that they've had so much political division and their leader and our leader have been uh, accused of corruption and that, that kind of stuff. So there is some very interesting uh, physical um, comparisons to what well, we got a lot of adopted Jews here in this uh, country. Yeah, we, there's actually I think up until recently there were more Jews here than there were in Israel. I think it was around six million here. But I think they're up to about seven or eight million in Israel now. There's yeah, but I'm 15. talking about believers. Right, right. Yes, you're right. Yep. Because we've been grafted into the vine. The vine, of course, is Judaism. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, we have a spiritual connection to that country. Correct. And we are very, we are very strong. Support. I think if we lose that support, uh, then you could see us losing more of the of the hand of God and the blessing of God on this nation. Absolutely. So, yeah, there's a tug of war going on in this country. All you got to do is, you know, look at the different parties and who 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 throws their weight behind Israel and who doesn't or who doesn't care. And and then you got to kind of keep your eye on the whole rise of anti-Semitism that's going on in our nation right now. It's a big way. It's ugly. It's not being covered. It happens a lot. And there are so many events that are happening that are just not being covered in the now, I want to tell you, if you're an anti-Semite, if you're a person out there blames the Jews, that's of Satan, my friend. Yeah, Absolutely. that really is. That's yeah. of, that's of Satan. There are there are people who are declaring um, to be believers in Christ, and I believe they will find themselves standing on the other side of Matthew seven when he says, "Depart from me, I never knew you." And they're going to say, "We did all these things in your name." He's like, "No, you hated my people in my name." Yeah, I mean, no. in all honesty, and Steve, we're close to the break that we got here. We could talk about it out of the break. And that is, how can a person call themselves a Christian, hate the Jews, and not realize that the Messiah is a Jew? Right. I don't understand that. Well, yeah, we can, we'll can. we get definitely get into it in the next half. But I, Dr. Mosley used to do a radio program, and I caught it one day years ago. And um, there was a— Pick it up on the other side. Okay. All right. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, we wanted to come back, and we're talking about this, the whole tug of war with an Israel as it manifests in the United States. And uh, I went and got a cup of coffee, so I forgot what we were talking about, but you said that... Uh, uh, it's wh- why we are so anti-Semitic. And there why you go. Why, yeah. yeah, why in the church we we worship... A risen Savior who is Jewish. Mm-hmm. Why would people be anti-Jewish? Right. Well, um, that goes back um, to early in the church. Really, is right into the beginning of the second century. There was a man that rose named Marcion, and he was really anti-Semitic. And he started gathering up a lot of the letters that and the Gospels, and he started to clip them apart. Anything that would have been remotely pro-Jewish, he only took the things that were anti-Jewish because um, he, he, I guess one could even make the case that he was probably the originator of that the Jews killed the Christ and they're no longer God's chosen people. He wasn't uh, of a Gnostic uh, belief where he, he believed that the God of the Old Testament was the mean old God and Jesus was the new uh, and improved loving God. Okay, so the church threw him out. Yes, they absolutely right. threw they, him out. They, you know, they get rid of him. Right. Uh, but he know. had thousands and tens of thousands of followers, and some make the case that he's actually the, also the reason why we have a New Testament, because they said, look at what he's doing. He's creating this whole new book, and they started gathering up all the letters and then started to formulate the canon that we have for the New Testament. So 
early on there was this view that the, the, this thing that crept in, and I say it like this, um, you, America will never come down from the outside. Rome didn't come down from the outside. It was tore apart from the inside. Oh, yeah. And I believe sometime around the third century, the enemy knew this, and he stepped inside the church. And he said, if I can make their Messiah appear not to, not to appear to be Jewish and cause the persecutors of the Jewish people to be the ones that actually hold the Messiah, then the, Israel will never come to see the Messiah. Um, and I believe that was part of the foundation. Obviously, it was the devil because he, he, he hates the Jewish people. He hates the Christians. Um, and that laid this groundwork that the Jews killed the Christ. The Jews killed the Christ. And I always say to people, there's, for one, there's several places that, one, Jesus said that he laid down his own life. No man takes it from him. He freely gave it. And it says that they were that he was turned over to the Gentiles. That's right. He, and, were, he was turned over to Pilate. Correct. And so some people go, well, the Jews did it. Well, go before a judge today and take the murderer and the one who told him to do it and see which one goes to prison. So just because a bunch of the Jewish leaders, not the community as a whole, because if you remember, thousands and thousands following, and they said they had to take him at night because they said if they did it in another time, the crowds would overrun them. So yep. there's this idea that they killed the Christ. And then I go on to say, say it like this. Well, now actually you're showing me how stupid you are because he had to die. So he didn't die by their hands. He died by our, all of our hands. So He died for everybody. Correct. And so what happened is this all started early, and then it just really went nuts through um, the dark ages of the church and then led into the Inquisition and then what happened during the Crusades and all these things because they believed that the Jews needed to be punished, that they were forsaken by God because they were kicked out of the land. And so that was, that's been, you know, 16, 1700 years deep within the body of Christ that the Jews have been forsaken and they've been kicked out of their land. Yeah, you can't stop where Christ you know, prophesied that the temple was going to be torn down and Correct. everything. You have to look beyond that Correct. and and read the scripture and, and understand that God always understood there's a remnant of his people there. Absolutely. There have always been. Actually, I think it was in the late 1800s, um, and it wasn't when um, Twain went through, but it was one of the other for the census. There was more Jews in the land in the late 1800s and early 1900s than there were Arabs. So this idea that that the the Jews are now invaders is, is false, but the um, when you've had in church history for so long and a lot of it in church doctrine about replacement theology, that is why which is a serious issue. It is a serious issue because it is why people feel comfortable persecuting Jewish people who are Christians because they they believe they were forsaken by God, they rejected the Messiah, and they deserve to be cursed forever. Well. Anytime any one of us makes a sin, if you believe that, if God can turn his back on his Jewish people, he can turn his back on you. Because it says, as long as the sun and the moon and the stars are in the in the heavens, his covenant with David will never cease. His covenant with Israel will never go away. Which Just, says he loves his people. Correct. And he said of the blessings and the cursings mentioned in Deuteronomy 28, that though they sin, he would chastise them, but they're always going to be his children. So, yes, they were chastised. And they have been, but then they've been brought back as he promised he would. So well, just as we as believers are disciplined. Correct. Yeah, if you're not if you're not being disciplined, then you walk more holy than I do. <laughs> because it, it, anytime we start to get out of that the the bounds and the um, the guy and the road that God has us walking, it, you know, yes, we're covered by the blood, but He still doesn't take 
uh, unrighteous and unholy lives. Our pastor at New Life Church, James Bennett, made a very, very important point on on last Sunday's sermon where he said a lot of people want to blame the evil one or Satan right. for everything bad right. that happens in their lives. Not true. It's not. We have a sinful nature. Nature. Yep. We make a lot of bonehead decisions. Yep. And, we ha- and uh, you know, sometimes it get us back into right thoughts or into where we're supposed to be in our life. Uh, God has to discipline us. That's right. Too much is given, much is required. And if you've been given salvation and you've been given revelation uh, and God has started to show more things about himself in the scripture and blessings and so on and so forth, and you take that for granted and you start doing things that are contrary to how the New Testament tells us to walk, you cannot believe that God is just going to let you continue to walk down that path. You would not do it for your own child. And when the Bible says that if you spare the rod, you hate your son, mm-hmm. it's because you're letting them go down a path that would lead them to destruction. So if someone, let's just say they stop and glance too long and look at a woman and they don't feel that tugging of the spirit of God going, hey, hey, you need to keep your eyes on the road here. Well, what happens? Then it turns into a longer glance. And then maybe you stop and look in a magazine when you're at the checkout counter and then it just keeps going. And all the while, if you're ignoring the spirit of God going, whoa, buddy, you whoa, buddy. You, know, you need to stop, and then all of a sudden, it, that's how that evolves into a sin that will lead into your destruction. Same thing with hate, um, um, uh, lust for money, whatever it is, you, you cannot expect that God's going to let you walk down that path and not correct you to get you back on. We can have a debate on whether or not, if you walk too far off that path, whether or not your salvation, whether or not you can lose it or not. But as a loving father, just like you're not going to let your son get closer and closer and closer to a highway without trying to prevent them from walking in and getting killed. So that is the correction. Yeah, if you got to pull them back and give them a whooping so they get back in the past so they don't get killed, that's the correction of God. And that's what he has done with Israel is corrected them, and now he's brought them back to the land, and ultimately they're going to see who the Messiah is, but he has not forsaken them. And it's that forsaken mentality is what led to the anti-Semitism in the church. Do we, yeah, do we have a, a theology within the church in many instances uh, of that? As you we're talking about, I forget what the guy's name was. at the Marcion. Yeah, Marcion. That you had the God of the Old Testament sitting on a throne and bopping you on the head, you know, with a club when you did something wrong. And in the New Testament, you had the God who's the God of forgiveness, the God of grace, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Christ, which if you read the Bible, you know, is absolutely wrong because it says right. that God is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. Yep. If that's the case, then that whole type of thought process crumbles, but yet it happens in the church. I mean, grace is preached in the church now more than it ever has been. Yep. Sometimes... That's really good. I I would say there's more good to it than there's bad. However, there is a bad side of it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we talk about greasy grace and, yep. and too much grace that, you know, you, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Now, you know, I'm going to go out and chase skirts and, and drink and get crazy and, you know, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's got to be a change in your life. That's or right. if there's no change in your life, you you didn't meet the risen savior. That's right. That, you is, know? that is it right there. If you do, if you have had an encounter and it doesn't change, 
if you don't realize what he saved you from and then you don't um, turn your life to say, I am here to serve you. As I think it was Wigglesworth or one of them said, Christ is the one who bids a man to come and die. And if you can't accept that what he did, and if you go and watch like the Passion of the Christ, which is a, um, a tremendous representation of the pain and the suffering that the Messiah did for us, and it doesn't drive you to want to live holy and to live righteously, the only thing he could, we can give in return for what he has given us is our life, is to serve him and to seek to be right, to seek to be holy. And where we fall short, there is the grace of God. But we should always strive in our speech and in our actions and everything that we do and everything that we lay our hands to, to be right and holy before him. Well, I think Scott says it this way. You can't have a Savior if you don't have a Lord. Correct. And as far as the um, this doctrine, we have this mentality in the church, the God of the Old Testament versus the God of the New Testament, because they don't know how to read the old, because they have been taught these kind of things as far as him being mean in the old and loving and graceful in the new. The law was in the old. If you don't read the prophets and realize... The law is in the new. It is. And if you don't realize that for years, each one of the prophets, whether it be before the Assyrians, whether it be before the Babylonians, it was sometimes decades that these prophets were going, repent, 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 repent. God said in Jeremiah 3, return to me. Like seven times in that one chapter, he says, return to me. He's begging people to repent, but he will not allow people to continue to walk, especially as holy people. He's not going to allow that to happen. All right. And I, I'll talk a little bit more after the break. If well, you know, you can go ahead. Okay. I'm well, going to because... give you the time because when we take the break, I'm going to let you sneak out of here because I know you got to go teach your class. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and there, there's another, there's, I, you hear us reference um, um, Gnosticism quite a bit. There's a reason for that. <laughs> and there is. It crept early into the church. And that sometimes when I mentioned earlier about angels and how if we don't have a, a, a clear reference um, we have the Gospels, not the Gospels, but we have other Gospels, Gamas, Timothy, and Peter, and stuff like that, because these were people who claimed to have revelation from God, that, that they saw what Peter did and what Timothy did, and then they, they wrote these letters claiming to have revelation. At the same time, when all these Gnostics were coming into the church, they had a belief um, in multiple gods, and they started to see Yahweh as one of the um, demigods. And um, and then they begin to see Yeshua as even a, a lesser form of that. Uh, and, and so then that's where part of this idea of that the God of the Old Testament was mean and Jesus was the new loving version, you know, of his son. So it biblically, no, there is not a difference between them. He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He says he's immutable, he changes not. But we have allowed this idea that crept in from those Gnostic faiths in the 2nd and 3rd century that crept into church, and they brought part of their doctrine in with them, and they have sowed the seed. Just like the other guys did with anti-Semitism, they sowed the seed of what we call dualism, that there is a, a, an opposition to the spirit world and the physical world. There's an opposition between the old and the new um, and, and that they all don't walk, walk together in, in oneness. Well, maybe we're going to have to... We're going to do more on angels next week when uh, Scott and Billy get here. And I know you're going to do a little bit more reading up on that as well. And then we can talk about dualism and why it's a false doctrine. Sure. It's important. That's all pretty fresh since I taught that second century, uh, the history of the church. uh, I I did like five lectures on all the different groups and denominations that came out of that belief. 
I mean, in truth, the, the differences between the old and the new is that when Christ came, the sacrificial system was done. He's the ultimate sacrifice. That's right. That's the only big That's change it. that happened. That's it. The only thing that has changed is the new and better covenant, and that which was built on better promises is the blood of the lamb, not the blood of bulls and goats. All right. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Really do, and I thank you very much for coming in. So, Dave Ellswick's show. we got a break. Uh, Hopefully, Doyle Webb will give us a call here in just a moment. We'll talk to him. He wants to talk to you, so stick around. we got more of the Dave Ellswick show. It's about 10 minutes until 8, so you get 10 minutes to get to work. If you're on your way to work, you got to be there at 8 o'clock, and it's uh, 52 degrees. Stick around. We've got a lot more coming your way. Uh, Leslie Rutledge will be with us at 835. We're back, and uh, I sent Doyle Webb a wrong number. I just sent him the right number uh, because I was trying to text and talk, and it's hard to do sometimes. And I, big thumbs, what can I say? I hit a four instead of a three, so. It's not like those keyboards. Really I know you're listening, big. Doyle, so we sent you, I sent you the, the correct number. Uh, give uh, give a call to, to Zach, and, and we'll get you on before the uh, the top. Uh, of the hour so uh, that's what's going going on. i'm going to send you a number there uh zach and let's see if we can oops i didn't want to do that let me go back here and see if i can do this without dialing look not, forward to hearing from doyle about his perspective yeah. on the day yeah well that's and that that's what i'm trying to have him on for is to talk about um He wants to talk about people going out and vote and why it's important for Republicans to go out and vote because there's a lot of races out there that you need to go out and, and get involved in, in voting on. So let me see. Hold yeah, it's that. important. It's important. Yep, it definitely is. Several so. of the local races that I've seen and heard about are very important locally, and they um, – there's some important issues that are hinging on those things. We've got to get out. The judicial races today. Yeah, the judicial you know, you got races. Barbara that's Webb the main reason to come out and vote today. Running for Supreme Court against, uh, you know, Chip Welsh. And uh, I, I have to tell you, we want, I, I want personally Barbara Webb to win. Well, and in Faulkner County, we have Chris Carnahan, District yeah, 9, Carnahan. and I want him to win. Um so many people, and I was out walking two weekends ago, and so many people, one of the things I was telling people is, look, March 3rd is our judicial races. They're yeah, like, that's oh, the but general. that's the primary. No, this is when your judges are elected. Yeah. I, every single person I said Why that to. Why did they to, do that? I have no idea. Somebody said it was state law from a long time ago. Okay. I don't know why. All right. Doyle has joined us. Doyle Webb, chairman of the G- uh, Arkansas GOP. How are you, sir? I am doing great, Dave. It's a great day to be a Republican in Arkansas. Absolutely. Every day is a great day to be a Republican. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I can't think of a bad day that I've had being a Republican. I, I will agree with that. Hey, it's important for people to get out and vote if they haven't done so already. Uh, tell them a little bit. You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm going to vote for Trump in the general. Well, there's more going on. Like right now, the general election for judges is ongoing. That's correct. Well, and let, let's remember Trump as well. We need a strong vote for Trump in the primary to show our friends on the other side the, uh, that we have strong support for our president. 
We should also get out. There's a, a Supreme Court seat on the ballot, and I happen to favor one of those candidates. Martha <laughs> Webb uh, is a good conservative, uh, and I've happened to have been married to her for 33 years, so I can vouch for that. Right. Any of our other judges, this is it. You know, it, this is the general election. Uh, if they don't get to 50 percent, if there's more than two in the race, then there will be a runoff in November. But it's important to get out today. The weather's going to be beautiful. There's no excuse for not voting today. Doyle, why is our election of judges during our primary and not in November? Well, you know, I, I have a little bit of firsthand knowledge about this because the, uh, I was in the state Senate when some of these decisions were made. We passed Amendment 80, which made the election of judges nonpartisan. But then when it came to the implementing legislation, there was a concern by uh, an overwhelming number of Democrat elected judges, because they were partisan at the time, <laughs> that if they were put in the November election with a runoff two or three weeks later, they could be defeated. So the Democrat-controlled legislature put it in the primary because back in 1980, the overwhelming vote in the primaries was on the Democrat side, and it was used to protect the Democrat judges at the time. All right, and so that's the reason it should be moved to November. That's what I'm saying. I was going to just say it would make sense since we've got the majority now in the House and the Senate. Why don't we make that one of our you know, uh, initiated acts, so to speak, on, uh, you know, the, the ballot that we, we changed that. I agree. And, and all other nonpartisan elections are in November, whether it's mayor or city council or those other elections. It only makes sense, but that's the way it was done. I was in Senate Judiciary when those discussions occurred, hmm. and I was the only Republican on the Senate Judiciary Committee at the time. So that that's the story. You know, the people wanted it to be nonpartisan, but an overwhelming partisan legislature put it in the primary system. All right, we're down about a minute to go. Elizabeth had a quick question. I just wondered if there's any uh, appetite for making those changes. Is anybody even talking about it? Well, I'm doing some talking about it, and I think that uh, the experience that people are having today uh, they could mm-hmm. possibly do it. And if the primary was in May, it would be even closer to the November November election. So it wouldn't be such a distance to uh, uh, when that would occur. Well, that brings up another point. We we switch our primary back and forth. <sighs> That's disgusting. Do, do, we, do we need to get that so it, the primary is one or the other? You know, I, that was a compromise. When, when the presidential race is on the ballot, it's in March. So the people of Arkansas can speak to who they want as president, uh, the presidential nominee. And uh, when it's just the, the governor and down, the constitutional officers, it's in the opposite year. So uh, I think Arkansans are very smart, and they'll get used to the flip of that. All right. We appreciate you, Doyle. I'll let you Thank go. You, Dave. Appreciate you. you. Talk to you later. Thank you. We'll talk to you later during our coverage at starting at 8 o'clock tonight. Election night coverage starts at 8 o'clock tonight. Myself, Elizabeth will be here. JR is going to be here. Robert Steinbach is going to be here. But right now, we're going to have the news here on the Dave Ellswick Show.
Here we go. That means we have talked to the uh, Attorney General of Arkansas. Leslie Rutledge is with us. Leslie, how you doing? Good morning, Dave. Always glad to be on with you. Always glad to talk to you. Are you talking to radio stations all across the United States about Super Tuesday? I am, and I'm actually... I'm actually in Washington, D.C. today. I'm unfortunately not in Little Rock, but I'm in Washington, D.C. because there is a huge pro-life case uh, tomorrow. That's right. Uh, that's right. That's being argued at the Supreme Court. And I am up here in uh, Arkansas. While we're not arguing the case, uh, it's out of Louisiana, but we are uh, part of a AG's uh, states. Uh, Arkansas led what's called the Friend of the Court Brief, the amicus brief on this case. It's probably one of the biggest pro-life cases uh, in the last uh, decade or so, and it is, it's exciting to be here, but I'm up here to make sure that Arkansas interests are, are being advocated and talking to folks, but yes, we're doing, we're doing radio calls, uh, TV uh, interviews and things on Super Tuesday as well. All right, so just on, as an aside, since you're in D.C., are you a shepherd pie or fish and chips kind of person? <laughs> You know, I'm an eater, Dave. So I can eat either of those things. So it doesn't matter to me whether it's fried or just good old stew. So you know, it doesn't matter. So all right. Well, I'm, I'm just got a recommendation. I we'll do have you. a recommendation for you today. Go to the Dubliner and uh, get yourself uh-huh. either the shepherd pie or the fish and chips. Both of them are exceptional. All right. Well, we'll I'll run it by my Italian husband. And <laughs> <laughs> that sounds all right. All right. So uh, turnout's been pretty good this year. Uh, maybe the Republican turnout here in the state a little. Well, it's down from from 2016. That's to be expected. But uh, it seems like we've had a fairly good turnout, fairly, fairly strong. How's your feeling about the uh, uh Super Tuesday in Arkansas, first of all, before we talk national. Well, what a great day uh, for Arkansans and, you know, folks across uh, 14 states. But what a great day for Arkansans. Get out and exercise our civic duty to to vote and have a say-so. We've got, uh, you know, not only the, the presidential primary, because Donald Trump still has a primary opponent. So he still has uh, Bill Weld and then another man who's also, and I can't think of his name, I believe it's Rocky, um, is in the race on um, so you've got the republican primary with donald trump but you've also uh, still got a very heated democratic primary uh, and we've got state supreme court race in arkansas mm-hmm. there's a number of legislative races uh turnout as you mentioned Dave, is not anything like what it, we saw in 2016 in 2016 uh, with a wide open primary on both the republican and democratic side for president it was i mean we just blew the doors off of voting in arkansas and it was very exciting but i want arkansans to get out exercise your right to vote and let's you know let's get someone uh in uh, nominated on both sides uh today uh, we're likely to see a a front runner i mean i'm 100 percent confident that donald trump is going to be uh the nominee on the republican side and i'm very excited about that but um but I do think that we will see a clear um, path for one of the Democratic candidates tonight. And it, it seems that the old guard on the Democratic side is coalescing around former Vice President Biden. I think in Arkansas it's going to be a, a battle between Biden, Bloomberg, and uh, Bernie uh, because you just have a, 
you know, a number of folks who've been out working diligently uh, for all three of those candidates. I don't think you're going to see a big wave of voters for uh, Senator Warren. But regardless, I think Arkansas, um, regardless of how they vote today, Arkansas is going to go big for President Donald Trump in November. We're going to do that not only because uh, his values are so many of our values, but because Arkansas is winning and we are succeeding under President Trump's leadership and under Governor Asa Hutchinson's leadership and the rest of us and what we've done in the state. Uh, we have, the unemployment rate is uh, at 3.2, I believe, or it's, you know, we have had low unemployment, 3.6 rather. Uh, we've had tax cuts for Arkansans at over $1,300 and 1,800 uh, new jobs created. You know, since President Trump was elected office, we've had 50,000 jobs uh, created you know, across the natural state. So we are just, we are excited, but I, I think today is going to be a great day. I want people to get out and vote and exercise their civic duty. So let me ask you a question because this, we talked about it back in our first hour of the show during six o'clock hour and was this, you know, all those people came out for Biden yesterday there in Texas. It, it's pretty amazing. They weren't in California because that's when the majority of delegates are going to be decided, but they're in Texas because Bernie Sanders has California pretty well sewn up according to most people. Uh, what do you think uh, you had? Buttigieg, you had Klobuchar, you had Harry Reid, you had you had Beto, you had all these people say we're throwing our hat behind uh, Biden. But early voting's been going on for almost two weeks. Is that too little, too late? Well, it, it might be, but some of those folks, I you know, I, I think uh, we're going to see that uh, Biden has a big push today. Again, I don't know if he can overcome the. Uh, the Bernie wave in California. I believe California's got 400 plus uh, delegates at stake, uh, but I I don't think they're a winner take all. And that's what's important is to look at these 14 states that are voting today and to see how they break up. Whether they uh, give a partial apportion you know, to candidates and where some folks, you know, Bernie could peel off 50 percent of them, Biden could peel off 30 percent, et cetera. And that's what's going to be important as we get past today is that it may not be a a clear sweep of Bernie or Biden, but I do think that we're going to have a a front runner, a clear front runner after today uh, from the Democratic side. But regardless of who it is, it is absolutely uh, dangerous to think that a vowed socialist is leading the Democratic ticket. And we, we've got to educate our young people, Dave, in our schools. We've got to talk to them about the difference between capitalism and socialism. Uh, these young folks, and I mean young folks that are, that are in school right now or maybe even our Gen Z or millennials, don't truly appreciate socialism. Socialism is not social programs. It is not taking care of the poor and the needy and being a good Christian. Socialism is back to the Cold War and the the former USSR and communist China, that is, it is one step away from communist China. It is all these free things that Bernie Sanders is wanting to give away. What Bernie Sanders and the socialist movement are really wanting to give away are our American freedoms. 
And we as Arkansans, we as Americans have got to put our foot down and we've got to get to the polls and say, no, we want to keep our freedoms. And Bernie's got to go and he can go ahead and take Bloomberg and Biden with him as far as I'm concerned. But we must say no to socialism and stand up for the American dream and American freedoms. All right. Last question for you. Do you think the Democrats are going to have a broker convention? It may be that they have a fight. I don't know that they will have a brokered convention. Uh, they are extraordinarily uh, savvy at with all of their superdelegates and their voting. Uh, we saw in 2016 where they shoved uh, Bernie out. I think that we will probably see that again in 2020 where Bernie gets uh, shoved out of the mix and is not part of it. So while it's exciting for those of us in the political sphere to think about a broker convention i don't know that we'll have one i would i would guess that with the momentum if former vice president biden gets momentum tonight uh that he will be their their big push uh, they've already dragged you know senator klobuchar and mayor pete Buttigieg, you know in into supporting him and getting out of the race ahead of super tuesday so i think that the the old guard on the democratic side is going to do that but regardless arkansas is a going big for donald trump i America is going to go big for Donald Trump because his policies, his practices are winning. Americans are back to work. We've got more African-Americans ever working, uh, the lowest unemployment rate among African-Americans. We've got more women back in the workforce. People are able to have jobs, take care of their families, and exercise their freedoms. And that's why we are seeing Donald Trump winning going into Super Tuesday uh, and You've got a disaster on the left side where you've got people pushing as far left as possible uh, for these liberal, now socialist policies to take over America. Yeah, we need to keep in mind that the news media keeps saying that Bernie's the leftist and all the other ones are moderates would mean (laughs) that they're they actually have a little bit of conservatism in them. No way. They are all lefties. There are no moderates in the Democrat Party. There are no moderates, and certainly no moderates that are left running uh, for president. And that's it's important to remember that Mike Bloomberg is looking to take away our Second Amendment rights. He has spent yep. millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to take away our right to protect ourselves uh, in the Second Amendment. Joe Biden was Barack Obama's vice president. Let's not forget those eight years that we went through where we had a federal government totally out of control and tra- trampling over states' rights, and that was Joe Biden. He was, while he was in the United States Senate, Joe Biden was one of the most liberal left senators in the United States Senate, and the only reason why Barack Obama didn't come out, and he was smarter than Bernie Sanders, and his policies looked like Bernie's. He just didn't come out and say that he was pushing for those sort of radical left socialist-type policies. I agree with you. Our AG... Leslie Rutledge, thank you so much for being with us today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Enjoy your time up in uh, D.C. and then escape as quickly as you can. Well, I'm ready to get home, but, you know, we've got to fight for uh, those who the most vulnerable. Yes. And that's our, our unborn. And so that's what we're up here doing is fighting for our unborn in this pro-life case. It's called June Medical. It's going to be argued tomorrow at the United States Supreme Court. So be you, watching. You have a ticket to go watch? Well, we're going to uh, we're going to be there. I don't know because we've got so much media around it. Um, I may be in the Supreme Court. Uh, we have not uh, decided yet because 
Uh, there's so much that we're doing to, again, make sure people are aware of the case. I've been meeting with the uh, the lady who's going to be arguing the case. Uh, her, she's the Solicitor General of Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Incredible woman who's going to be arguing this case. A lot of excitement going on about it, but um, be watching. Well, you get over there. Be careful of those crazy out on the steps, man. Oh, they don't bother me. We're going to be out there talking to them. We <laughs> right. want to encourage people. All right. Talk All right. To soon, Thank Dave. you Have very much. Day. Okay. Our Attorney General, Leslie Rutledge, out in D.C., and her thoughts about Super Tuesday and what's going on here in the state and across the United States. All right, Beck. Let's finish up uh, here as we get to the bottom of the hour. Uh, fun interview with the uh, Attorney General because. She, of course, is uh, there in Washington uh, for the Supreme Court uh, argument tomorrow dealing with uh, access to abortion facilities. And do you have to have, uh, you know, a a doctor doctor. there? Uh, This is a Louisiana law, and it was fast-tracked to the the Supreme Court. This is the first... uh, discussion they've had since uh, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh have been added to the Supreme Court. So everybody will be watching this closely, to say the least. It's a major case. Yeah. I mean, it, it. she said it's one of the most important ones, and I've been watching for it for a while. And then they will rule on it in June. Yeah. And we'll have all those, not that far away. all those rulings coming down, not too long. It's always, June is always an interesting time because like you said. In the middle of the summer when making, everybody's got other things on their minds, we have all these major decisions. Nobody's paying attention. We have major decisions. Except major decisions. Uh, you got all kinds of things going on. Uh, I was looking, I've been talking to John Thurston. Uh, what we got? Do we have uh, any, uh, any voting totals? Uh, okay. I need to get back to John Thurston. I'm just telling whoever. <laughs> He's, we're going to have somebody come on and tell us how voting's been going. Yeah. And I got, I sent a text to John Thurston and, and asked him uh, if he could give us a turnout numbers. And he, he said, yeah, we can do that. He says the counties are doing their smart update updates right now. So it'll, it'll be just a few moments. And then he says, uh, uh, it said, uh, if you want the big Excel sheet, you know, <laughs> with all the details, you know, says, my, my director or someone like that can call you, Dave. And I just said, whoever and that I, would be you know, Leslie, me. Leslie Bellamy, the director of elections. She's been on before and she really knows her stuff. Yeah. She can come on with us. And yeah, she was here with, uh, John the last yes. time. She's yes. very good. She's very good. So, uh, we'll see if, uh, he can't get, uh, Leslie on or somebody they've got many people over there very qualified to, to sit down to read to read numbers to us and answer a few questions about how many people you know is the Democrats over Republicans how many you know overall how many people are voting what's that percentage they're saying in across the nation for the Democrat primary which is a big primary right now because you're de- deciding who's going to run for your your uh your party mm-hmm. it's about 36 percent that's not a lot and that's why it's interesting to know and, and it's also important to know why you always hear this you run to the left as a democrat and then come back come back to, to the, the middle when you're running for the general the key is now 
there's so much media out there that all the things that you say as you're running to the left <laughs> during the primary comes back to bite you, in, back the, at you. in the butt uh, when you're running in the general. It's not well, like it used to be. Well, but in the case of the presidential field, it's exactly correct because, as Leslie uh, Rutledge said and others have said prior to today, Every one of these Democrat candidates are just as radical as the next one. Liz Harrington wrote that op-ed, and I talked about it like on a a Monday, and then she wrote an op-ed that came out on Tuesday, Tuesday. and both of us were – I mean, it sounded like we were singing from the same hymn book. Well, and it's going to be a challenge, I think, to get the word out uh, between now and November that people need to understand that there is really no space between most of these Democrats. And by the way, even if you were a moderate Democrat, I do not believe that the squad and the left pushing the left is going to allow that elected individual to be a moderate. I don't believe, I mean, Pelosi has lost, uh, you know, control of this party and the moderates, in my opinion, are not going to have a lot of say going forward. I think, well, Perhaps they can push Biden, but, you know, I'm really concerned about what may happen if that occurs because of what the Sanders folks have said. Do not let any candidate, as they're running for president in a primary, win the nomination on making all kinds of promises and then come back at the general election and say, well, I just said that because it was the primary. Oh, do no. not allow any of them to do that to back off from what they said during the primary you know because if what that should tell you is it'll say anything to you to get your vote they will they will they will say anything and they will do anything and i'm and gonna tell you what that's not just on the left well that's true many times on the right we've seen it you know john cooper perfect example oh gosh i'm, ag- I'm against you know, expansion. I'm against Medicaid expansion. I'm against Medicaid expansion. And I'm first a conservative. Vote, mm-hmm. First vote came up and voted for it. I'm just saying, you know, you you hope when you vote for somebody that they will live up to what they ran on. But it's like my daddy always said, fool me once, shame on me. you. Yeah. Fool me twice, shame, shame on, on me. me. Well, and this is where I think we fall down. We are not the greatest at getting out to cast our votes, but we are sure not good at accountability of those who we have elected. Okay, so many people, and I've seen so many conservatives in the last few years, well, I tried, I voted for them, and they're just not doing what I want, so I'm just not going to vote now, I'm just not going to participate, I'm not going to play. That's crazy. we got to take a break because we got Sean Hannity coming up. News just broke across my phone. Looks like they're going to delay the Olympics in Tokyo. We'll uh, talk about that next half hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget, we begin at 8 o'clock tonight. 8 o'clock tonight for our election night coverage for the primary. Uh, I would expect that we'll have all the numbers in and the major races that are out there uh, will have been called by 10 o'clock. Now, we'll talk about, of course, uh, the national scene as well. Yeah. I haven't seen from Salem uh, what they're going to do if they're going to have like at at you know twenty after a break and at fifty of there's going to be a break. We'll get that worked out so that we can uh, have the latest national numbers for you uh, as the night uh, rolls on. I expect that. 
Bernie Sanders will have a significant lead in delegates. How many delegates are up tonight across the nation in the Democratic primary? 1,357. That's how many. And most states, unless you get 15%, you don't get any delegates. If you get 15% or above, you'll get a share of them. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out. And everyone's talking about what's going to happen with Buttigieg and Klobuchar's votes. The information I saw was that many of uh, Buttigieg people are going in several different directions, which means that if they vote that way, several other people could rise up above the 15%. It may make the chances of the brokered convention even higher Yeah, because they dropped out so late and these voters are yeah, just Yeah, Klobuchar scramble. could end up with, you know, picking up, 10 or 20 up, and yeah you know uh, Buttigieg could pick up you know 90 or 100 just a guess I hadn't thought about that what happens if uh you know like you say Klobuchar meets the 15 percent gate but she gets delegates but she's no longer in the race they, what happens uh, to those delegates they, I think they can determine who they they release the delegates now I don't believe they can say I'll release my delegates only to Joe Biden. And give them only to this individual. Right. But I they think have it comes to up them, to the they? particular delegates where they want to go then. Hmm. That'd be, oh, it's going to be interesting it's at, that, level of commo- at that commotion. point. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Zach has some – do we have somebody from the uh, – okay, Megan wants to talk to us. So, let's talk to Megan. Hello, Megan. How are you? Hey, Mr. Dave. I'm good. Uh, so, I had a question for you because I just started listening to your show, I guess, about a week and a half ago. Yeah, I'm welcome. 33. Yeah, thank you. I love your show. Um, I'm 33, and I just kind of, I've always been conservative. My parents, my grandparents have always been conservative. But I guess I just wanted to know, has it always been, like, politically just craziness? I know it sounds uh, like a silly question, but has it always just seemed like one, the Democrats, one after another, just kind of coming after the the Republicans, I guess uh, is what I'm asking. Well, let, let's... Let's look at it this way. Let's just talk national, okay? Not just Little Rock or Arkansas. Let's talk national. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, if you didn't know, I'm 67, so I've been around a while, okay? <laughs> okay. I, I used to ride to work on a brontosaurus with Fred <laughs> Flintstone. <laughs> but uh, the key is, is that I've been following politics since mm-hmm. Lyndon Baines Johnson back in the 60s. Okay. Uh, I've been in the media since I was a junior in high school, and my first assignment was the 1968 Democratic Convention in Chicago, which was, oh, wow. which was just a crazy, crazy time right. uh, because of the anti-war movement and all of that. Right. The Democrats have always been nuts. <laughs> I mean, I'm, no, I'm, seriously, if you look, oh, yeah. let me just roll it back just to Reagan. The things okay. that you're hearing the media and the Democrats say about Trump, about him being racist, being a warmonger, and all yeah. of those things are exactly what they said about President Reagan. I mean, I remember okay. they said wow. with President Reagan, if you elect President Reagan, there'll be sheets in the streets. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, okay. this is this is. This is their modus operandi, all right? They, these are the things that they always say and always remember whatever a Democrats say about Republicans, they're only projecting what they're intending to do. Gotcha. Because I, I just 
looking back in history, like I, I'd never really saw anything about like what you were saying about Reagan and how they're talking about Reagan, because now it's almost like he was one of the greatest presidents. And I'm wondering, I wonder Mm -hmm. if they're going to say the same thing about Trump in 20 years. Well, they, they definitely said he was a warmonger. Uh, they, they talked about that when he did, uh, you know, when he did star Wars, whether Uh we, whether it was going to be technologically feasible to do it, he knew that he could force the Soviet union into bankruptcy because they didn't have an economy that was going to afford them the opportunity mm. to build that. And, yeah. and and that's exactly what happened to them. And bottom okay. line, man, the left went crazy. That clock that they <laughs> always talk about, they yes. moved it up two minutes to to, oh, to, wow. to midnight. You know, I mean, he's bringing the, the world to the edge of war. When they put yes. when they put the uh, the missiles over in uh, Europe uh, with okay. Margaret Thatcher and whatnot, yeah, they went nuts over that. I mean, look, the Democrats have always been appeasers; they always will be appeasers. It's the way that they operate, and right now, what you're seeing in the Democratic Party, uh, mm-hmm. you, you're not seeing any moderation. I've been trying to talk about that a lot. There, there are right. very few. There's no moderates running for president for the Democrats. Right. Yes. I, and I can see that. I, I grew up kind of go, watching the Bush era end and then watching the Obama era come. And I was kind of like, why are people losing their mind? I don't understand why the, you know what I mean? As far as the Democrats were, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when Trump won, it was like, oh, my God, we're going to die. You yeah. Know? Well, so. yeah. And let me tell you that Trump derangement syndrome, I, I've always just thought it was a joke until this year. And I'm telling <laughs> yeah. no, I think Told it's you. real. I Told think I real. think it's real. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. I I've got friends that they're just. I'm they're sorry. Just crazy. They have lost they're their blinded. minds. <laughs> the thing that's interesting to me is that I never see the Democrats over years, and I'm not far from Mr. Ellswick. I I don't see them talking about the overall good for people. I always see right. them talking about yeah. only their own party, only their own people, only their own ideas. And if you're not on that train. All they're going to do is lob grenades at you. That's it. Right. And I just don't see that as being um, an equitable way to try to get elected by the majority of people, not just Democrats, Mm -hmm. across our country. Yeah. Well, it just seems like all doomsday. It's all horrible. You know, and and I just don't see that. The America that I grew up in, I have neighbors and kids and, you know, of all races and genders. And I mean, they're all, they're at our house and they're, we're loving on them. They're loving on us. And their America is not my America. You're a conservative. You're just doing that to try to fool everybody. You're (laughs) as racist as they come. I'm just, you're either, (laughs) you're either an ist or an ism. I'm just telling (laughs) you. You're an ist or an ism. Right. That's true. That's true. Have you heard the term melting pot? We used to call that a melting pot and it was okay to melt together and all be Americans. That's the key. All being Americans. All being Americans. You know, uh, Elon Omar was on Twitter not too long ago making this real long list of all the things she she is, but but she she never never said said she was an American. Okay. And everybody hit her back. They deserve to. They deserve to. We are living in the most phenomenal country in the world the world we have been blessed yes, by are. god we are exceptional we deserve that we are the good people for that we need to hold on to that we need to hold the line against the democrats and their totalitarian socialist policies yeah everybody yeah. needs to remember socialism is one thing and one thing only 
it's the bridge to communism. That's right. That, that's right. exactly what it is. And and I, I've got to move on. I thank you for your call. Do call us some more, guys. okay? Please do. Yes, thank you so much. Tell Have a good friends. one now. Mm, bye-bye now. Yeah, my fear is that, again, folks aren't going to understand, like you and I do, Dave, what communism really is. Our our younger generation has not been taught. They don't have a clue. So we have education to do between now and November because it does not matter what Democrat makes the nomination. All right. Secretary of State's office is giving us a call. I think they're calling right now. Is that Secretary of State's office? If not, I'll take a break. You want to take a break? All right, let's take our break, and Zach's getting things set up. We'll get your uh, weather for you. We'll get your traffic for you. Traffic is next. It's 55 degrees. It's a quarter till nine on the Dave Ellswick Show. So what's the voter turnout been like for early voting? Let's find out. Josh Bridges uh, joins us from the Secretary of State's office. Josh, how you doing this morning? Are you, have you been sleeping at all? <laughs> Oh, a little bit here and there. I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So let's try to do this in a couple of ways. One, can you give us overall how many people have turned out in the polls and then break it so you can tell us how many Democrats and how many Republicans? Okay. So right now, the totals that we're looking at that were pulled this morning, there have been 171,696 early voters uh, statewide. Okay. Um, and that's just out of the counties that are actually reporting their numbers. Right now we're looking at um, 70 of 75 counties reporting their early voting numbers to us. Okay. Uh, absentee voting, um, right now we're looking at close to 8,300 ballots that have been sent. Um, so overall, as far as that's concerned, it does seem a little lower, I believe, than, than normal, um, especially compared to the last presidential primary we have been noticing um some counties that have been calling in saying that their numbers have been down a little bit um but still uh still a pretty good turnout over 170,000 people yeah um as far as parties we're looking at um a little over 78,000 registered democrats a little over 89,000 registered republicans um and then uh, people that don't really have a party affiliation is going to be, let's see, a little over 4,300. Okay, so independent, would that would be correct, 4,300? Nonpartisan? Yeah, it's 4,300 nonpartisan. And actually, those are those are the, the ballots that were voted. So people that went to the polls and said, hey, I want to vote a Democrat ballot, 78,000. Um, okay. And then 89,000 Republican ballots were cast. And then a little over forty three hundred nonpartisan ballots were cast. All right, are you are you getting any ba- any just word back from uh, your uh, your county's polling stations? Is the turnout today good thus far, or did our early we voting you know tend to take a little bit of the air out of uh, election day? Well, over the course of you know the past couple decades since early voting has been around, it does take the air out of election day, which is not a bad thing necessarily because. People have the opportunity to go early vote. They can get out, you know, in the course of two weeks of early voting at any point in time and and go vote. Um, We haven't heard from any of the counties today, which um, I'm assuming that's a good thing. They must be really busy, um, you know, making sure everything's running smooth. 
we, you know, election morning, we kind of hang back and wait for them to call us if they need us. We don't bug them. Um, we we kind of let them do their thing because, you know, we trust that they're, they're busy getting everything uh, going. Okay. Josh, I appreciate you. Thanks for uh, joining us on short notice from the Secretary of State's office. We appreciate it. Nice work. I'm glad you could give us those inf- that information today. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All righty. Josh Bridges here on the Dave Ellswick Show. That's pretty significant. You're looking at 11,000 more Republicans going to the polls than Democrats. That may bode well for Barbara Webb. I think that does look good for her, for sure. You know, so you got to think that that's, you know, what what's kind of happening there. Again, let me run over that for you. Early voting numbers are this. The total early voter uh, ballots was 175,696. One of those were mine. Uh, Absentee ballots, 8,300. Independent ballots, 4,300. And he said uh, Democrat-Republican breakdown, Democrats 78,000 and some change. Uh, Republicans 89,000 and some change. So uh, that's the way it is breaking down right now. And I, I got to believe that, good. that, you know, if just to be honest, if you're Barbara Webb, you got to be, you got to be happy with what you're saying there. Now you got to hope that that continues through today. I hope it does. My big thing has been for, you know, two or three weeks here about get out and vote, get out and vote because the Republican tickets, I mean, there were only three, um, races on my yeah, personal the ballot. Really, the real Very excitement small. is, the excitement is not on the other there. Side. It's over on the Democrat side. Democrats had really some really interesting decisions to make. For instance, you, you put them up in, in the Jonesboro, that area, and what are they? What were they going to do? Were they going to vote for the person they wanted to see get the delegates for the national ticket for president? Or cross over. Or were they going to cross over and try to screw up Dan Sullivan's uh, campaign up which, there? Which they have been encouraged to do quite strongly. Yeah, by people should be keeping their mouths shut. By conservatives and Republicans. Yeah. Yeah. There's some dirty stuff going on yeah, up there. It's going to be interesting to see how that all plays up or plays out. Is that What district is that? Is that 21? I'm not sure. That may be 21. Uh, races that we'll be watching for tonight, uh, David Ray's race against Karen Maynard, we'll be watching that race. Uh, we'll definitely be watching uh, Furman, Furman and McClure. I'll uh, we'll be watching uh, the race uh, down in the Malvern area. I, I can't give you the exact names of the people. There's a, a pastor down there running against uh, Rushing's mother. Uh, she was a, a state representative. She's not running this time. Her mother is running uh, for that seat. You've got uh, Alan Clark's got a challenger. We'll be seeing how that turns out. We'll be watching uh, the Sullivan Cooper race up in Jonesboro. Uh, we'll be watching Ben Gilmore down south yes. and see how well he does. I think he's going to do very well, and I believe he doesn't have a challenger in that race for the general. So whoever wins that wins uh, that seat. So 
uh, we'll, we'll we'll be watching uh, closely on that. Yeah, some of the races, as well. will, yeah, some of these races will be decided tonight. Yeah, because the David there's Ray no race. Yeah, I think. I mean, last well, I heard, there, there were two independents. Yeah, that's all. You know, you basically say that whoever wins the primary is pretty much a shoe in it in the general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll be watching Barbara Webb and uh, and Chip Welsh. We'll be watching, seeing how that all comes out. Uh, and there's a few, Carnahan, we're going to watch and see how he does uh, on his race at, also. I've got an interesting JP race in my area, believe it or not. It's been three cycles, three election cycles in a row that we've had um, problems, let's say, with our JP. And this time we elected a fellow who left a year into his uh, term. And so now we're trying to replace that individual with a good, solid conservative. If you're in JP8 in Faulkner County, let me just do a shout-out for Matt Brown. Matt Brown, JP8 Faulkner County. The other seat <laughs> we'll, we'll wanna, we want to watch is Andy Davis's old seat. That's right. There's a pretty Gotta good make a list. Uh, primary make a list. there. We'll be, we'll be ready for you at 8 o'clock tonight, just know. Marco's Pizza early. Marco's is the official sponsor of the Dave Ellswick show when it comes to for pizza. election results. Yeah, for election results. They're they're going to be delivering two or three pizzas. I'll, I'll pick up some, well, some some sodas or whatever. I've been told by my compatriot in crime here that she'll bring her own uh, tea with her. I don't drink soda. You know? I just don't drink soda. You know? How about a sparkling fruit beverage? Well, I might. I you know, might. Or I maybe could have I'll maybe a Sprite those. or a 7-Up, perhaps. Okay. But. Well, I'll have some Sprites <laughs> or, you know, I can have that as well. You know, I got an interest. That's an interesting question. You get off politics just for a second because you're going to hear Lots it's going to be all about politics, all politics today. I'm just telling you, it's going to be all about politics. Um, when did Sprite become an urban drink? Let me ask. Let me ask Zach that. Oh no! Is, is is Sprite in your mind an urban drink? Now, what is an urban drink? What do you mean by that? African American drink. I mean, I to tell you the truth, I have no idea. No, because I, I love it. Okay, I, okay. I'm just saying. You look at their commercials. Yeah. You go to the movies as much as I do. Right. You got oh, LeBron yeah. James. Yeah. Doing Sprite commercials. That's you true. got. Cultural, it's always yeah, the it's people of color doing commercials, yeah. sprite ah, commercials. You're right. Uh, the the other sprite commercial just off the top of my head <sighs> is uh, that that new rapper. Yes. Uh, that does it, the female, mm-hmm. and she's doing them now. I just was wondering when they decided they were going to make that a uh, a minority drink or whatever. Hmm. I just thought it was interesting, That's just interesting from a branding course. standpoint of why. They made that move if they saw that in the urban community. I say urban, you're talking cities. And, right. And in the urban areas in the cities, it's predominantly African-American. Another quick one on Sprite. I thought Quickly, I had seen this the other day. 20 seconds. Sprite sponsored the uh, LGBTQ pro commercial down in Argentina. The whole thing is about a family or actually a mom dressing her son, getting ready for an LGBTQ parade. And it's all a Sprite commercial. Wow. All right. They're going wonkers on this day. I like Sprite's going wonkers. (laughs) But I like 7-Up better. All right. We'll take a break. It is uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll see you again tonight at 8 o'clock. Break till 8 o'clock. Along with Elizabeth and JR and Robert Steinbach.